Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Right now, we've seen a dip of about 15 to 20%. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. In passenger numbers, and you look at the sources of revenue for the aviation industry, it's mainly based on aircraft movements. In other words, if there are less landings, there's less revenue. In 2019, Ghana was the world's spotlight with about 2 million tourists visiting under the year of return. Sadly, these figures will plunge as the CEO of the Tourism Authority, Akwesi Ajiman, has outlined how much of a havoc the pandemic will have on Ghana's tourism sector. We were quite hopeful. I mean, we have started off well. And then this day, I mean, obviously yeah. now we are in a semi-lockdown. We all know that our peak months always of travel is around summer and then also in December, which also seen some hits for the domestic tourism. Kowu, Kowu yeah. is now, uh, it's, it's, it's gone. It's gone for this year. Conferences being cancelled, events, well, everything is more or less being cancelled. Each and every day, millions of cities exchange hands in Ghana's booming trading community. The supply chain of retail and wholesale traders severely depends on major economies in the Asian and European continents. President of the Ghana Union Traders Association, Dr. Joseph Obin, predicts troubling times of massive shortage of goods and hikes in prices. Demand and supply is the major determinant factor for uh, cost and pricing. And so if the situation is not contained, we foresee that in the few weeks to come, prices might go up, especially with um, the consumables like the food items and all that. The coronavirus pandemic has raised public awareness on personal hygiene. This has created a huge market for the pharmaceutical industry. Harrison Kofi Ebutiate is the chairman of the National Executive Council of the Pharmaceutical Chamber. China has a big raw material uh, setup and therefore uh, if it hit that hard, that could be a problem. I visited some markets in Accra and found out there is the high demand for one essential commodity, hand sanitizers. Very expensive now. How is it? How much is it going for? Mm, so far, people have been selling the big one for 60 cities and the small ones for tiny, tiny ones for seven cities or things to the... It's way no The interesting part is with the hand sanitizer where she puts it in a polythene bag. Because of how expensive it is, she gets bits and pieces of the hand wraps from people around who are willing to give it to her for free. I even want some for my child. 
for his schooling. The coronavirus pandemic has left businesses on the edge, with growing concerns over accrued losses and possible closures. But even as government is racing hard to neutralize the effects of the pandemic on investment and businesses, fear and panic continues to be as endemic as the virus itself. Well, uh, you may want to stay with us for more updates on COVID-19 pandemic. Meanwhile, that's it for the Joy Business Report. Coming up next is a locker room with George Ado Jr. Do stay. I'm at the bank. Really? But your car is in front of your house. Bro, my bank on my phone, Charlie. Oh, how? Ecobank, bro. With Ecobank Mobile app, I can do everything, anywhere, anytime. Listen, I just checked my account balance, paid AMA school fees, and sent money to my grandma at Wale Wale. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Masa, just download the Ecobank Mobile app from the Google Play Store or the App Store or dial star 770 hash and be your own bank manager. Manager, manager. Whether to pay bills or fees, to check account statements, Send money across Ghana, abroad, and more. Ecobank Mobile app has got it covered. Ecobank Mobile, making everyday people live everyday lives the Ecobank way. Ecobank, the Pan African Bank.
Sarah Mulkerns, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service for the very best of previews to the sporting weekend. Listen to George Addo Jr. on the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM. Hello, I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio, live online. This is the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Adu Jr. It appears we took sports for granted. Many sports fans were delusional about the role sports played in our lives on weekends. Sports meant more than we thought. And we have been left to the place genuinely to appreciate its relevance in our lives. Another weekend... And your favorite sports preview show will be about issues relating coronavirus than the talk of live sport and action to come. The new battle is us against COVID-19. We must stand together as a team, defiant and willing and responsible to play our parts in any part of the world to deliver victory to ourselves. The distraction of our routine sporting lives, the sudden eclipse of the opportunity to see our sports stars in action each weekend is worrying. But there's hope and we have a hope in ensuring things return to normal. It's a bizarre introduction in an inexplicable situation, but one that calls on you to fight by taking care of yourself. We are what the situation becomes in the end. Side by side, the war must be won and by us. Sports means more, and we remain united in a single fight. On our show this afternoon, we'll go around the world to gauge the latest developments in a fragile attempt to plot football's return. Coronavirus continues to dominate both the news and sporting agendas. Yes, China has delayed the start of its domestic football season because of the escalation of the coronavirus. There'll be no sport in Italy until at least the 3rd of April. There'll be no pre-match handshakes in the Premier League until further notice. The Bahrain Grand Prix will take place without spectators this month because of the coronavirus outbreak. It's five months until the Olympic Games in Tokyo are due to start, but concerns are growing over a coronavirus pandemic. Well, Manchester City against Arsenal is off. It's the first Premier League fixture to fall to coronavirus. Swiss FA President Dominique Blanc has told the UEFA Congress in Amsterdam that the virus could shake European football to its foundation. Three Formula One team members have been placed in isolation as a precaution ahead of the first race of the new season. La Liga have announced the decision to suspend the top flight of football there for two weeks because of coronavirus. The FA, the Premier League, the EFL, the FA Women's Super League and the FA Women's Championship have collectively agreed to postpone the professional game until April the 3rd. Whether football returns on Saturday, April the 4th, remains to be seen. Let's together kick the coronavirus away and win this match. And remember, if the virus don't go to Zlatan, Zlatan goes to the virus. You can send us your messages via our Facebook page, choice slash 997, or WhatsApp line 024-430-437, or tweet it as a Joyce Sports GH. Time to talk about what the world is talking about in the world of sports. Hello and welcome. Sixteen cases, and that number could go up. We must win this battle. And wherever you are listening to me on Joy 99.7 FM, you have to stay safe by doing the things that will make you safe. Social distancing, very, very important. Washing your hands with a sanitizer and making sure you are just safe so we can together fight coronavirus. So it's a very strange afternoon. 
But we'll be talking sports and finding out how the various competitions around the world are just shaping up, trying to map up a strategy to get the football back in there. We're told in England, games can only return on April 30. In other domestic leagues, like in Italy, in Germany, in Spain, the road is still not clear. Welcome again to Locker Room. Enjoy 99.7 FM and that's how we start. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. Stones, El Ghazi takes it on, crosses in, it's headed in! Samata, the Tanzanian, has got a goal back for Aston Villa. From Barkley, then Giroud, back in the team, and back with a big goal. Dini, oh, and that must do it, that must do it! Watford 3, Liverpool 0. English football will be suspended until at least 30th of April because of the considered spread of coronavirus. All games in England's Premier League, EFL, Women's Super League and the Women's Championship and all fixtures in Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland are currently postponed. Before that, Euro 2020 was postponed by one year until 2021 after European football governing body made a decision during an emergency video conference involving major stakeholders on Tuesday. The tournament due to take place from 12 June to 12 July this summer will now run from 11 June to 11 July next year. We'll have a number of experts joining me as we travel around the globe in a bit. First, let's bring in the BBC's senior football reporter and commentator, John Murray, who has been following the issues. John, thank you very much for your time. And I suppose this is a peg from which all domestic seasons can start to put tentative plans in place. That's right. And and they had this uh, series of video conference calls in Switzerland, which involved representatives of the board of the European Club Association, the European Leagues, FIFPRO, the organization that represents the professional players, the unions, um, and also uh, later the national associations. All 55 national associations were invited to be on this call. And what they came up with, just to, to run you through it, the, uh, the headlines were that Euro 2020 will be postponed by one year to June 2021. It'll run from June the 11th to July the 11th, 2021. That all other UEFA competitions and matches for clubs and national teams, including their friendlies for both men and women, were put on hold until further notice. And that also includes the scheduled Euro 2020 playoffs, which are due to be played this month. Scotland, Israel, Bosnia, Herzegovina against Northern Ireland, Slovakia against the Republic of Ireland, uh, and also the March friendlies, including England against Italy and England against Denmark. They have been postponed. They will now be played in early June, quote, subject to a review of the situation. Although I noticed that Ian Maxwell, the SFA chief executive, has said it's difficult to envisage that uh, the Scotland-Israel game will be played then. But also um, a working group has been set up with representatives from the leagues and clubs across Europe to look for solutions for the completion of the current season. Uh, and any other consequence of the decisions made. Uh, John, obviously, there were so many countries involved in this conversation who have much bigger things to worry about than the football season. The Italian FA had already asked for a delay. Was there consideration that it might be cancelled altogether, or was it always going to be about a postponement of this tournament? 
in in actual fact, um, I was led to believe yesterday that that would have been uh, highly unlikely that it would be cancelled altogether. And part of the reason for that is financial, because the Champions League and the Europa League generates an awful lot of money. Most of that goes back to the clubs. The Euros, that makes money for UEFA, but also for the associations. And that goes back into youth football, into development programs. And so without the Euros, there is a massive financial hole, which is, I think, why the question has been asked about compensation. What I was told today was that UEFA would work very hard to minimise the impact on other associations. So so I think that is why it's so important that, uh, that they feel that the Euros had to go ahead. Incidentally, it will still be Euro 2020. The uh, the name will remain the same, the logo will remain the same, but it will be played in 2021. FIFA have said that, uh, well, they're going to have a video conference called Bureau of the Council are going to meet to discuss all of this uh, about rescheduling the FIFA Club World Cup, which is due to be played in 2021. That'll have to be moved. They're going to talk about the impact on the calendar, but also they're going to talk about possibly establishing what they call a global football assistance fund to help members of the football community affected by this. So that's FIFA. And I know that UEFA's General Secretary, Theodore Theodoridis, has written to staff to say that they're aware of the situation. These, this is to the staff who are working on the Euros for UEFA and trying to find the best solution for them. Thank you very much, John, for your time. Let's bring in the BBC Simon Stone. Simon Swift pointing out the significance of the dates 30th June to end all European competitions and 30th April to start the English Premier League and all other leagues in England. It's all about sorting contracts, isn't it? First of all, deals, contracts tend to expire on the 30th of June, but it's not just players' contracts, it's also sponsorship contracts, uh, kit deals, all that kind of thing. So there is a there is an incentive, definite incentive, for everybody to try and get the whole season concluded by the 30th of June, which is why they've extended it. They are working on the basis it might go beyond that but there's all kinds of complications that come with that um, the EFL uh, the English Football League the second and third and fourth tiers of English football today confirmed that all their players had effectively been stood down until the 3rd of April and then they will resume training or the intention is to resume training and I think something similar is happening or will happen with the with the Premier League, but at the moment, you have on social media any number of players showing what they're doing to uh, to try and stay fit, and it, it's not easy. And I, I think every every club and every league, everybody within this situation recognises that players are not just going to be able to walk straight from from their houses to the you know a, a Premier League football pitch and start playing straight away. There's going to have to be some kind of some kind of build-up, which I assume is going to take place in April, but that is basically what the what the clubs are doing. They're giving them all fitness, all the players' fitness programs, and uh, and you know with the intention of, of returning to training in the middle of uh, middle of April and playing again at the beginning of May. So effects of the coronavirus is felt everywhere in the world. And joining us on the line now is a Spanish football expert, Guillaume Balagui. Guillaume, thanks so much for your time. Before the football talk, what's the situation in Spain at the moment and how are you? I'm okay. Um, I'm catching up with work. It's day four of uh, self-isolation. 
So I'm still consuming the food that I had in the flat in, in Palamos, where I am. Uh, Palamos is at the north of Catalonia, just almost close to, uh, to France. And as you know, nobody can be in the streets unless it's for work or an emergency or to walk the dog. Uh, I don't have any dog, but you can also go out for shopping for essentials. So it will be my first shopping trip tomorrow with all the measures you're supposed to have, which is separate yourself by a meter and a half from the rest of people, perhaps go with gloves. You are limited to what you can take to avoid panic buying, which is completely unnecessary. There's food for everyone if nobody's selfish and takes more than, than he or she needs. And meanwhile, just uh, planning to do some digital content for my, um, for my platforms. You're keeping yourself busy and keeping others safe by being a responsible citizen, I guess. I know many have their minds on important things than football, but in terms of getting your mind around this, it's almost impossible about thinking football is coming back anytime soon and a league and session at any stage. Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody uh, in every league, uh, representatives of which I've been speaking to, the big European leagues, they're all impressed and thankful for the strong leadership of UEFA President Alexander Seferin, also by the good attitude of FIFA that has had to move some of their own competitions, and everybody wants the season finished. So now, uh, as you've been discussing, there are two working groups that have been formed by UEFA, one to look at the possible resumption of the of the club season in what UEFA calls in a coherent coherent manner uh, that will be decided by each league how that looks like the finish of the season uh, in the last few minutes the president of la liga javier tebas has confirmed the composition of that commission which will have three members of UEFA three of eca representing the clubs one of an european league la liga will have a representative and so would the premier league and the other committee will assess the uh, the economic and financial and, and regulatory impact of the outbreak. What's interesting is that the the uh, president of the Spanish Federation and the Spanish Federation are the, the ones who take the last decision on how the domestic competition will be played. He's saying, he said this afternoon that the decision, the decision will finish hopefully by the 30th of June, as everybody's saying, but also it's possible that it will be later. The format will be exactly the same. So all the games will be played because anything else will be totally unfair. But as you're suggesting, and I'm hearing from scientific sources, it's optimistic to think that, that games can be played again in May or June. It's possible that they will be behind closed doors, although it's not ideal. That's what the president of the Federation, Luis Robiales, has said. Again, the players' unions has, uh, have added that only if it's safe for the players and, and coaching staff and so on. And perhaps the only thing that is added to what's been said around there is that uh, about next season, uh, he was already suggesting that it may start later than, than expected, but the format may vary as well, which means that it could be playoffs, uh, it could be a different type of league, but everybody will have a, to agree on that format. For now, he wants to play it all, whatever long it takes. Thanks, Guillaume, for your time, and let's move to South America. And as you know, Conmebol have postponed the Copa America schedule for this year to 2021, following the Euros postponement. And joining me now from Brazil, uh, with the BBC's Mundo, Jose Pinochet. Hello, Jose. Hello. The Copa America, Jose, has happened so many times in a short space of time. We had about four of them in the last five, or at least we would have had another one if the 2020 competition had gone ahead. How will this go down? I think it was expected. Uh, we we can see that uh, if UEFA took uh, this kind of decision is because... Uh, 
the the priority was the club competition uh, all the main league the leagues here in Europe to finish the European Champions League the all these big tournaments uh, to finish and of course there are a huge amount of South American players that are really important for the European clubs and if UEFA took the decision to postpone the Euros uh, to next year I think everybody was uh, expecting that the Copa America was follow, was going to follow Well, Jose, what problems will this cause? Because we have seen in Europe that the decision to move the Euros means the women's Euros, for instance, will have to be moved too. Will this have an impact on the World Cup qualifiers in your region? It could happen. I don't know. We know that the, the first two rounds of the qualifiers for Qatar 2022 was going to be part uh, next week and now they are postponed. I think the international dates are, are going to be really strange for the next couple, next couple of years. We know that in South America we have 18 rounds of games. So with the Copa America next year, I think it's going to be really, really difficult to, to try to put everything into a calendar year but as you mentioned before uh, in the last few years like uh, we South Americans are quite have quite experience to organize tournaments when nobody expect one and uh, as you mentioned we got the 2015 the 2016 last year Copa America and we were waiting for another one this year Uh, Jose, hope I don't end up annoying fans of Copa America, but given the frequency of tournaments in the last years, uh, was there not a case for cancellation? I don't think so. Even though that uh, we have a Copa America last year, everybody was expecting one this year and everybody was quite excited to have one, especially because it was the first time that it, it was going to be held in two different countries. It was with a different format and we know that we are getting to the end of uh, Lionel Messi's career. Uh, we wanted to see if the, he's going to live finally a trophy with Argentina or even Colombia, Chile, all these countries, Uruguay with Luis Suarez and Cavani, Brazil with Neymar and uh, the other players there. Come on, we are really, really proud about the international football and doesn't matter if it's a friendly. If we can see our colors there on the pitch, we are going to be all passionate about it. You never know about Messi. Sometimes when you think he's getting to the end of his career, he's come on, resurrect as a different player and show you that he's willing or he got the, capa the capacity to transform his football into a different one, into another level. I think maybe this rest that he's having at the moment is going to help him to, to, for the future. Thanks, Pinoche. Thanks, John Murray. Thanks, Simon Stone and Guillaume Balagi. Let's stay here on the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM and continue to gauge the damage of coronavirus. And I must tell you, there's been a massive destruction of the African football calendar as well. In truth, the Chan has been postponed, was expected to be played this year. The African qualifiers are on hold. But the real concern at the moment should be key moments leading to the AFCON 2021 next year in Cameroon. So let's get a bit of perspective now. An African football expert, Nuhu Adams, joins me. Thank you very much, Nuhu, for your time. How disturbing is the disruption of the football calendar at the moment? Well, George, um, it's a massive disruption. don't even know how to describe the situation. I think um, the effect are just massive. We, we can't measure the disruption the coronavirus have done to sports worldwide, including football. Um, the increasing number of infected 
people in the world is making everything very, very difficult now. Um, from CAF, UEFA, FIFA, Commonwealth, CONCACAF, AFC, OFC, every single football association have been hit by the coronavirus and it's, 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 it's very, very difficult. We are in a tight moment. Um, we don't know when the virus is getting away from the world and we can only hope that um, things will get better. Um, it's a false measure. It's a natural cause. So um, I think we are in a tight situation now. Sports, including football, every sports it's on hold and that is making everything complicated well Nuhu, do you suspect the afcon 2021 may be postponed considering covid 19 speaks decimation and the games to be cleared in a little space of time of course um, we should be suspecting that um, the 2021 african cup of nations um, can be postponed because we are not yet done with the qualifications i think we are left with some um, four more games before we can conclude the qualification so um, with um, the qualifications being suspended. We don't know when football is actually returning to the world. So um, that's that's making things very, very difficult now. Um, CAF rescheduled the, the tournament to be played in January, February. We already renew um, the 2021 was supposed to take place in June, July, but due to um, weather conditions and other factors in Cameroon during that time, CAF decided to bring forward the Cup of Nations, which is January, February. Now, we don't know when we are completing the qualifications, and that is going to force CAF to push the AFCON backwards. And it's likely we, we should be organizing the 2021 African Cup of Nations in June, July. Already we know the conditions in, the, in Cameroon that time is not going to help football. So we are in a tight situation now. If Even if the tournament is rescheduled for June, July, um, it means we are going to fight with the Euro, which we know has also been postponed from June, July 2022, um, summer of 2021. So we are going to be in a direct fight with the Euro Championship and that's going to affect the Cup of Nations 2021. So um, that's why I, I, I was saying that we can only hope that um, the coronavirus will end very, very soon so that we can use the um, few months that is um, remaining to complete the four qualification matches. If not, there's nothing CAF can do than to postpone the 2021 African Cup of Nations. Finally, Nu, how about the completion of leagues across Africa, which will serve as the basis of the opening rounds of the CAF Interclub competitions? Is there any end in sight? With the exception of, I think, Angola and Mozambique, all other leagues in Africa, as I know, have been stopped until further notice. So, probably the calendar for the 2020-2021 CAF Champions League CAF Congregation Cup is going to be affected. The next round of uh, matches in the 2019-2020 CAF Champions League and Congregation Cup are scheduled for May. That's the semi-final. So, if we are lucky, um, we, we, we end or we can finish the CAF Champions Champions League and Congregation Cup within time before the next competition, which is August. By that time, most leagues will, will, will be in the conclusion um, period. So we, we, we can have teams deserving to represent their, their various countries for the competition. If not, every league has its own regulations. So 
per what the regulation says when a league is still in session will have to be used in Ghana for instance we know at a time when the football association is presenting the clubs to represent the country in the participation of the CAF Champions League and CAF Convention wherever we've reached in the league the table toppers or the league leaders will, will, will definitely go for the CAF Champions League and the second place team will also play in the Convention Cup Thank you very much, Nuhu, for your time and let's stick here in the country because we know football in Ghana as well has been massively impacted too. All leagues suspended and my colleague Benedict also joins me with some perspective. Thank you very much, Benedict. How have the Ghana Premier League clubs and indeed all other clubs in the divisions uh, been coping since the suspension? It's not been easy for the clubs, George, at least uh, just after the directive from the president and now the Danko Kufadi, and consequently, uh, the F is suspending the league at Sante Kotoko. Uh, you know, they were supposed to play in Talais on Monday, same as Accra had to folk uh, Kim Faisal at the Obwasil in Clay Stadium. Uh, both teams at uh, Sante Kotoko had to leave Accra for Kumasi, Accra had to folk also had to leave, uh, you know, Obwasi for Accra. And they've since suspended all training activities for the next two weeks. I mean, it's the same with most of the clubs. Uh, yesterday, I read and further followed up and realized that 11 have decided to continue training uh, for their coach Ignacio to say uh, they didn't have enough time to train before the start of the new season so uh, he actually wants to use this opportunity to do a lot of things with the boys so generally uh, it has affected the activities of the clubs uh, now you are not playing games for fans to come to get money to pay uh, players so you can imagine the financial burden on the clubs Benedict at least in Europe there's an end in sight a timeline to plan things around how difficult has that been to come by here in Ghana so George Albert Komi who is now with 11 Wonders reacted to this and for him it is problematic uh, that uh, the, the fact that uh, they, they don't know when the season will continue uh, as you mentioned at least in England there is a date to come back uh, should, should the spread of the virus go down but that's not the case here which makes it a bit worrying in these times where uh, the attention on the league was growing at a fast rate with the impressive work we and other media houses are doing it is very very worrying now the FA itself has locked down uh, the office until federal notice league suspended indefinitely and on top of it the FA's office is closed this clearly tells you we are not in normal times Benedict how disappointing will the situation be for the Ghana Premier League players who received debut call-ups to the national team surely this is an opportunity that's gone through the window hasn't it I feel for these guys, George. I mean, Richard Atta of Accra Hatifu, Kujua Mako of Ashantigo, Deya Mohamed of Ediana Stars and Habib Mohamed of Ashantigo Doko. In their minds, they, they will be cursing coronavirus because exactly a week by now, uh, they would have been preparing to leave uh, their hotel. I'm talking about the Black Stars Hotel in Cape Coast for the stadium to play against Sudan because the game uh, would have been uh, next week by this time. Yes, so by this time, they would have been preparing to leave with the likes of Andrea, Youth Thomas Party and all the other players in the Black Stars this could have been their chance to make a claim in the team but it is what it is and we all have to live with it it is not a feeling I want to imagine but trust me they'll be gutted thank you very much Benedict for your time and of course we're still here on Joy 99.7 FM it's time to find out what's happening right in England because we know yeah leagues have been put on hold and the return date most expected all of that to happen in early April that was pushed back to late April so we had to get on to the special Joy Sports BBC 2A series I had a great chat with the BBC social satire and he's got a lot to talk about uh, plus other interesting things enjoy this is more to come
Thanks for your time this weekend. There's no sporting activity, surely, but a lot to talk about with huge decisions by football governing bodies to facilitate the game's return. Well, the Euros has been moved to 2021 now. How big a decision was this? Well, it was a big decision to move Euro 2020, but uh, one that was very much expected this week and one that uh, UEFA really had very little choice over. They faced quite a bit of pressure from domestic leagues across Europe to postpone because, of course, with elite football across Europe being frozen at the moment, they have now got some extra time in the calendar in June and July, which could prove really valuable to them to get those domestic leagues finished. Uh, with uh, Most of them have got more than two months of the season left to play. Uh, and, of course, there are quite a few promotion and relegation issues to resolve. Now, this year, the European Championship, for the first time, was going to be a pan-European tournament staged across 12 countries... So what that would have meant was that thousands of fans would have been crisscrossing the continent in terms of travel. And right now, of course, with some borders being closed, the likelihood of something like that was almost zero. So they had to do it. In terms of reaction, generally people are happy about it. One or two small grumbles with the planned rescheduling of the playoffs in June. Uh, One example, the the head of the Scottish FA uh, has said he can't see how they will realistically play their playoff against Israel uh, to qualify for what is Euro 2021 now. Wondering what the financial ramifications are after pushing Europe's biggest tournament forward by a year, how will this be resolved? Yes, there is a big financial cost to moving back the Euros with lost television revenue, losses in ticket sales, losses in advertising as well. UEFA are actually a very rich organisation. There have been some reports, though, this week that they've asked all member countries for around €300 million to cover the cost of the postponement of the European Championship. Uh, That's to be shared, not uh, €300 million each for each country. It is a big sum. It's not been disclosed as to who is paying what just yet, although I'm sure that will emerge in the future. As well as that, UEFA has had to scrap plans for next year's Nations League. That's the new competition which uh, UEFA began uh, a year or so ago. They've held one edition of that so far, so that won't happen next year, so they'll lose money from that too, or not by not having it. And also FIFA can't now begin their new revamped Club World Cup in the summer of 2021, as they'd hoped to do. So the financial dominoes are falling in other places too. However, given the current situation being completely unprecedented with the coronavirus outbreak, I think FIFA realise that now is not a time to fight with UEFA. Uh, They've been accommodating and they've gracefully stepped aside for the moment. Now, the Premier League had to push forward its intended date of return from early April to late April. Let's go through the considerations and is this realistic looking at the projections? Well, in England, all professional football is on hold until the 30th of April at the very earliest. Uh, That includes the Premier League. The season itself has been put back indefinitely. There's unanimity amongst the 20 Premier League clubs in private as well as in an official statement for the current campaign to reach a proper conclusion. One reliable source has told the BBC that work is beginning to try to get clarity over just how far 
the season can actually be pushed back uh, to get all the games in. There is already an end date that European football is generally working to, and that's the 30th of June. Um, every league, I think, wants to get their schedule finished because not finishing does create some serious headaches, uh, obviously with regards to who is the champion in each league, but also with which teams get promoted and relegated. And the officials fear the prospect of some big lawsuits if some clubs take financial hits because they're not either promoted or they're relegated prematurely. So, for example, Aston Villa, who are in the relegation zone in the Premier League, if they are sent down without the season finishing, that would be a major problem for them, and I'm, I'm sure they would have something to say about that. Leeds United are waiting to return to the Premier League after 17 years. They are now top of the championship, so imagine what it would be like for them if they missed out because the season didn't finish. How likely is it to be finished by the end of June? Well, right now it is looking very difficult with the epidemic nowhere near its peak in Spain, in France and in the UK. So at the moment it looks bleak. Postponing the Euros has had ripple effects on key competitions including the Women's Euro and the Copa America. How are these competitions hoping to resolve reshuttling? Well, despite so many high-profile sporting events falling victim to the pandemic, the Olympic Games, as we speak, are still on, due to start in Tokyo on the 24th of July. At the moment, the Japanese government and the International Olympic Committee are planning to go ahead, as normal, with spectators, but of course, they don't really know what the situation is going to be. It's moving week by week, it's actually moving day by day. Uh, now, the athletes have been speaking up this week, Katerina Johnson-Thompson, the world heptathlon champion from Britain. Katerina Stefanidi, the Olympic pole vault champion from Greece. They've both been uh, prominent athletes to say how difficult it has become to train at the moment, just with countries being in lockdown, with travel bans all over the place. They can't prepare as they normally would for such elite sport. Also, qualifying events for most sports have been disrupted, so who gets into the Olympic teams from each country has also become a problem. It is, of course, really, really difficult for Japan to call off the Olympics as easily as some other sports have been able to call off other big events. They have spent billions, billions of yen on preparing for this event. It's a once-in-a-generation event. Postponement is actually really quite a tough tough prospect because you could move the Olympics from June and July and August down to November and December but of course the climate is very different that would affect a lot of outdoor sports the sporting calendar is very crowded so in terms of television broadcasting that becomes really complicated and probably the biggest challenge of all in terms of pushing back the Olympics by one year is the fact that 11,000 athletes will come to Tokyo to take part as well as thousands of officials and they've built the athletes village in Tokyo especially for these games but a lot of those flats have been sold so people are due to move into those flats as their new homes after the Olympics and Paralympics so moving that back one year obviously causes major problems. Some very high-profile figures, including one IOC member, Hayley Vickenheiser, the former Canadian ice hockey player, the former Great Britain rower, Matthew Pinsent, have said, just call off the Games. But, of course, calling off something like an Olympics is a momentous decision. If they did that, that really would be a mark in history. We shall see what happens.
All right, the other BBC's Sojo Sasha speaking out there. And we were looking forward to what happens as well. There's some news as well for Formula One. And we're beginning to get an idea of when that's going to be starting. More analysis on that to come here on the show. We'll also touch on the tennis because we know French Open has been moved, but has it been moved into the right quarters? And are the shareholders and those power brokers in the world of tennis comfortable with that space? Analysis to come from Russell Fuller shortly and Laura Scott. But uh, more to talk about here on the show. Remember, you can send us your message on our WhatsApp line 024 Or you can tweet us at JoySportsGH. Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, you can also get onto our Facebook page, Joy slash 99.7. You're still on the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio, live online. This is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. the Olympics briefly and World Athletics Chief Lord Cole says it's too early to decide whether to cancel the Tokyo 2020 Olympics but nobody is saying we're going to the games come what may well the International Olympic Committee as well has indicated games could still begin on the 24th of July despite the coronavirus pandemic well Laura Scott has been watching over this carefully Laura thank you very much for your time on the show and we know high profile athletes have been criticizing the IOC already. What have they been saying? Well, yes, as you said, the athlete community is now starting to speak out. And uh, it's been really interesting seeing what they've got to say. Katarina Johnson-Thompson, obviously a big medal hopeful for Tokyo 2020. She said that training had become impossible for her. And she said that she was struggling with the advice that the IOC is giving athletes to prepare as normal when so many of them are facing serious restrictions to their training and also, I mean, no competitions are happening. And she said that she felt that the IOC's advice and the government advice were almost at odds with each other. Then we heard from Olympic champion uh, Katerina Stefanidi. She said that the IOC was risking athletes' health. So it has been, um, you know, interesting to see them breaking rank almost and, and speaking out about their very real concerns about the decisions being made at the top about Tokyo 2020. Well, Laura, then the basic anxiety for athletes is pretty clear. What has been the response of the IOC to these criticisms? Well, the IOC have said that, you know, this is an exceptional situation that requires exceptional solutions. They also said, interestingly, that they they accepted that no solution will be ideal in this situation, but athletes can improvise. And we are seeing a lot of athletes sort of setting up home gyms and, and that kind of thing. But it's interesting, I mean, I've just spoken to... Natasha Baker, a, a power equestrian athlete who's multi-medal winning athlete. And she said that you know, for the para athletes, it's actually almost impossible for them to improvise. She she can't go to a gym and she can't set up a home gym. So, it, you know, it is um, really difficult times facing a lot of these athletes with having to prepare for a game that they don't know whether it's going to happen, but they have to you know, act as if it is going to happen. It's a really difficult one for them. We've had some statements from a lot of the collective Olympic committees. So the European Olympic Committee, the Oceania National Olympic Committees group and the Pan Am Sports, they've all come out today and said they support the IOC's stance and, and you know, will we'll back that decision to stay committed to Tokyo. So at the top, there remains this unified approach to, to keep going for Tokyo. But what we're seeing at the moment is 
the athletes who are the ones competing there actually raising quite serious concerns. Thank you very much, Laura Scott, for your time. And let's end with tennis on the show because the French Open has been moved to September and October as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. Now, the event at Roland Garros was due to be played from the 24th of May to the 7th of June, but instead will take place between the 20th of September and the 4th of October. That means it will begin just one week after the completion of the U.S. Open in New York, if you understand what I mean. Let's bring in tennis commentator and reporter Russell Fuller. Thanks, Russell, for your time. I know this is a very difficult question because loads of competitions have been postponed. So uh, there's no surprise that the French Open and a number of tennis competitions will move out of the space. But the big question is, where to? And this is the surprise part of the announcements. No surprise to anybody that it's not possible to stage the French Open in late May, early June this year. As the Federation, the French Federation say, the current confinement measures have made it impossible for us to continue with our preparations. But instead, to everybody's surprise, they've chosen dates between September the 20th and October the 4th. The weather should be okay. There's a roof over the Philippe Chatrier court now. But assuming anybody's able to play tennis competitively anywhere in the world by then, there will be just six days before the U.S. Open finishing on a hard court in New York and the French Open starting on a clay court in Paris. Russell, would everybody in tennis be happy? Surely this is a sport with a lot of beast stakeholders and arguably nobody in overall charge. How do we know that another tennis event may have wanted to play on these days chosen by the French Open? They are parking their tanks on the lawns of the ATP and the WTA, the men's and the women's tour, also on the lawn of the Labour Cup, which is this new annual team event inspired by Roger Federer's Team 8 agency between the men of the rest of the world and Europe. There's a string of ATP and WTA events in Asia, predominantly at the end of September. And uh, the US Open is also saying we might want to move one of these days. We're planning for the US Open to take place as scheduled in New York from August the 31st. But due to these unprecedented times, they're not ruling out the possibility that they might have to move and they have just summed up the frustration and the anger in some quarters at the French Federation's unilateral decision to book themselves a new slot in the calendar. At a time when the world is coming together, this statement reads from the USTA, we recognize that such a decision, i.e. might they move one day, should not be made unilaterally. Thank you very much, Russell Fuller, for your time. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr., Right, Russell Fuller there. We're just um, some four minutes uh, to get out of the studio. And I'll just try to remind you of what's happening around the world. Coronavirus, surely. But let's look at how the events are shaping up. Now, we know that European football is aiming for mid-May resumption. They're looking to resume in mid-May. That's a big one. At least we've heard from La Liga boss. And that's where that is going at the moment. Uh, we know that for Formula One, the Monaco Grand Prix has been cancelled over coronavirus. And that means Formula One are yeah, yet to give us a plan of what or how they think most of the things will be done now, this season. Season has had so many troubles uh, since it started. We failed to have the Australian Grand Prix, uh, the Monaco Grand Prix. We know already that the Chinese Grand Prix was cancelled. And we know that uh, there are also massive concerns about the Vietnam Grand Prix. So it's going to be an interesting one with how uh, Formula One gets to solve this. (laughs) 
And we know the World Snooker Championships as well has been postponed because of coronavirus. That's out of the way. And 100 and T20 Blast may only be domestic. That's the... We're talking about the cricket. If you love cricket, uh, the only kind of cricket you probably will see this year will be domestic cricket. It's going to be very difficult to see any international cricket tournaments going on from what we're picking up. Yes, we know there's a big, 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 big one. If you're following it very closely, for those of you who love uh, uh, the American football, I'll tell you the six-time Super Bowl winner, Brady, has signed for Tampa Bay. That's a big one. And there'll be more on our subsequent bulletins on, on what it's going to be looking like when uh, the games finally resume. And a big one is on over the Olympics. At the moment, the International Olympic Committee are insisting that it's too early to cancel the Olympics. It's too early to postpone. They would rather wait and see how things pan out. The athletes are right in there and saying, look, go ahead, cancel it. You have to be human. You have to understand that coronavirus is not safe for anyone. And also, they are adding that it's because Japan as well is in the Asian region. Touching stories in the world of sports. We know Borussia Mönchengladbach players are offering to go forgo the wages just uh, in order to help. We know that quite a number of players as well have tried to donate monies. Manchester United as well have decided to pay casual match day staff for games even if the season is cancelled. So that's about it though for the locker room. We're back next week with another great edition of the show. My name is George Adajuna. To go meet then, be good. for listening to The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. The podcast will be available online at myjoyonline.com in 30 minutes. This production was powered by Joy Sports and supported by the BBC World Service. Day is coming. Oh, no. 
But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Celebrating 25 years of fearless and independent journalism. Hello, welcome to the headline news at two with me, Komla Adum. Coming up, health officials trace 600 people who may have come into contact with the 16 persons infected with coronavirus in Ghana. Also, National Identification Authority sued over its Ghana card registration exercise in the eastern region despite a presidential directive banning gatherings. A Ministry of Local Government and Rural Development launches nationwide disinfection of public spaces to control spread of the coronavirus. Details now. Ghana's coronavirus case have risen. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional Terms and conditions, Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.